Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. Uh, If you've got your Bibles, go to Hebrews chapter 11. We've made this verse kind of our theme verse for the series. I'm going to read out of this, then I'm going to pray, and I want to talk a little bit more today about seeking God. And today, I want to highlight the idea of seeking God in secret, uh, seeking God when nobody else is looking. And so uh, here we go, writer of Hebrews, Hebrews 11.6 says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. This is our, our, our theme verse for the series, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Father, we love you today. We pray that you would illuminate the word of God. We pray, Lord Jesus, that the ideas in scripture, Lord, would take root in our hearts. We pray, Lord, that we would be a people that earnestly seek and diligently seek. God, that we would be people that believe in you and that you do reward. We pray that we would have a right view of God. I pray for supernatural activity in our hearts today. I pray, Lord God, that there would be uh, revelation and also new levels of resolution to seek God in secret. We thank you for this series of, on seeking you. We pray that we would be what John talked about last week, a praying church. And we pray, Lord God, that we would be people that are marked by your presence, like we talked about the first week. And we pray, Lord God, that we would experience the rewards of seeking you. We love you. And everybody said, amen. amen. Uh, when our family first moved to Kansas City, Renata and I wanted our children to fall in love with the city of Kansas City. And so we wanted to be strategic in helping each one of them love Kansas City. And so uh, that first summer that we moved here, we did a lot of Kansas City things. So we went down and actually the first night that we arrived here, we had some family that bought us some Jack Stack barbecue, which, you know, that's a good day, your first day in town. And so uh, that was a good way to start. And then we took them down to Union State and then we took them and we hung out, you know, at Crown Center. And, and we, we just began to do kind of the, the different things around town. And, and one of the things that we did is we took them to a Royals game. And so we took them to watch the Royals, want them to fall in love with the Kansas City Royals. When we got there, we realized that our kids didn't, <laughs> didn't know much about baseball. And they got quite a bit more excited about the vision of getting on the Jumbotron more than the baseball game. And so it kind of snuck up on us. We made jokes. They might like the hot dogs more. It wasn't the hot dogs that pulled them. It wasn't concessions. What they wanted was, hey, let's chase down the cameras and get on the screen. And so uh, we did. And so... uh, we, 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 I just was like, let's just roll with it. So we began to just kind of try to hunt down where are the cameras and we kind of stand in the right place. We watched other people trying to do it. And hey, everybody, I just want you to know that on that day in that place, we made it on the Jumbotron. It was pretty amazing, pretty successful day. 
Uh, and then actually, once we made it onto the screen, they were ready to go. They were like, all right. Well, uh, you know, so we kind of missed out on, on, on caring on who won the game. But hey, we made it on the screen. And of course, nothing's wrong with that. It's kind of cute. It's kind of great. But I do want to highlight just kind of metaphorically that I think that running around the stadium trying to get on the screen is kind of a picture of what our culture looks like right now. Like we have right now in our pockets more opportunities to try to be seen than ever before. And so because of that, taking root in our culture, there is the opportunity in hardwired into our brains is this opportunity to kind of say each moment of the day, hey, how could I be celebrated? How could I be seen? What if I tried to show as many people this moment or that moment? And it's always been a part of culture. Jesus, in Matthew 6, in the Sermon on the Mount, he addresses it. And so we know there's been a lot of years, centuries, where there's been a temptation to be seen by men. And I think that it's highlighted right now. I think it's highlighted where it's easy to even have that story of the Royals game be kind of a picture of what it's easy to be like where we're out in pursuit, desiring to be seen because all of us like when we're clapped for, when we're verbally just rewarded, like complimented, applauded, or even just visibly noticed, just visibly seen. And when we read Jesus, he talks about a greater desire in you than being seen by men. It is this opportunity to be seen by your father. It's this opportunity to be seen by God and have that desire to be seen, not fulfilled by people, hey, but by God. And I want you to read right here. We're going to look at Matthew 6, the Sermon on the Mount, because even the idea in Hebrews eleven six 6 about he rewards those who earnestly seek him, we can see Jesus talking about rewards for the seeker in Matthew 6. So there's a lot here, but I want you to see this. Matthew chapter 6, because I want you to begin to ask yourself the question, what would happen if I cared more about being seen by my father than being seen by man? Like what would it look like if I wasn't in the hunt for everybody else to notice me, see me, don't you wanna be me, don't you wanna applaud me? And how would it rearrange your schedule, your day, the way that you live if you felt a fulfillment because you're seen by God? And so if you had to compare 10,000 likes on social media, it wouldn't compare with one smile from heaven. Like one nod, one smile, far greater than hey, 10,000 people saying, hey, I see you. Hey, you're noticed. Hey, what, like what, what, would, what would it look like in your life if, if your affections could be rewired in such a way that you actually had in your heart and your mind, I am being rewarded by my father. Therefore, hey, nothing wrong with social media, but it does not move me the way that my father's reward, my father's smile rewards me. Sorry, I started preaching. I was trying to read the Bible. Here we go. Matthew chapter six, 
Be careful not, Jesus says this, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Easy to do, really easier to do now than ever before. And if you do, you will have no reward, (laughs) no reward, repeat, no reward. That's just hard to, I mean, that's a lot. If you have no, did you read that word? No, I'm just, I mean, it's just there. I just freaks me out a little bit. Just, just cause anyway, you have no reward from your father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on streets to be honored by others. Don't seek that honor. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. (laughs) But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And it goes back to motive right here then your father, Jesus always talking about his father. Jesus loved his father. Jesus always getting alone with his father. Jesus always talks about his father's worldview, the way that then your father who sees, your father sees, your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Two more, let's just keep going, verse five. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. It's talking about motive. What's your motive? What's the reason? And truly I tell you, they have received their reward, reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. I like that little phrase right there. Adds that, Jesus does. So just so you know, he's saying your father who is not seen, but he is a seer. So your unseen father sees you who is unseen, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. That's gonna take some faith to believe that your unseen father not only sees you, that takes faith, but then it takes faith also to believe that he actually is a rewarder of those who seek him. Then I wanna skip to verse 16 because he talks about the same motive again, talking about fasting. And when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that, there it is again, so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting. But now only, only to your father. That's a big word, only like it's not about even, it's I just want my father to see it only to your father who is, there it is again, unseen, your unseen father and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. First phrase I wanna highlight is this, then your father who sees what is done in secret. I just want you to look at your, think about the power of the idea that you have a father who sees you. Jesus is actually right here, just coming out of that Matthew 3 baptism moment here, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Sermon on the Mount, that Matthew 3 moment where the father audibly declares, this is my son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. And that's a visible moment with other people there. That's a moment where God, the father audibly declares what he feels about his son. And I think that just, you just read that moment and For sure, there's this feeling within Jesus that he's saying, my father sees me. And so we don't have a whole lot to read about the first 30 years of Jesus' life. We've got his birth. And so we talk about that a lot at Christmas. And we have the moment when he's 12 in the temple, Luke 2. And so we 
talk about that idea that he's in the temple. So we've got birth, 12. But other than that, I mean, we've got 30 years. We've got a lot of unseen time where, where we at least don't know. We don't see, we don't hear a lot about what's going on. But Jesus then steps onto the scene and he has this moment where the father erupts with affection for his son. And I just think when Jesus is speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, it's probably fresh on his mind. He's going, my father sees. My father sees you. Your father, he sees you. And I think about most of my life, most of your life, a lot of times it's pretty many hours of living in obscurity. Like we tend to idolize, you know, people that we see on television, maybe on the internet, and we tend to want to know kind of details of their lives. And often when you study that, when you look at that, that often ruins people, people that get worshiped, get, get applauded a lot. It often starts to ruin those people because they can't handle the perpetual praise, even though they think they're seeking it. But when they get it, a lot of times it ruins them. They think that they want it. And we tend to think, man, if I only had some applause, if I only had some fame, if I only had some people applauding me, I might get what I want. But here the father sees you, Jesus talks about right here, your father who sees you. And where I want to highlight today is what happens to a person that finds strength, finds fulfillment, even finds motive in the simple idea that he sees me. Because the enemy's gonna come to you all the time and say, he doesn't see you. You are unseen. You, nobody knows, nobody cares. You are on your own. It is Go, go do something crazy just so somebody can notice you. You can, somebody can think that at least see you for a moment. But Jesus, when he's talking about what it's like when the father sees us, he's saying there's actually a reward. There's a reward that your father gives. There's three ideas he says when you give in secret, pray in secret, fast and secret. And it's this idea of who you're living for. Is it to be seen by man or is it to be seen by God? And it's this idea of authentic relationship that he's highlighting. He's saying, if you're doing it to be seen by men, it's not real. Your motive is not really God. Your motive is man. You're, it's not really vertical. It's horizontal. You're, you care about what everybody else thinks about you. But but Jesus is saying right here, he goes, but you've got something better than that. You have a father and he sees you. Not only does he see you, but he's a rewarder. He's at work and that takes faith. That is the life of faith that says beyond what I can currently see and feel, I'm gonna walk in faith that there's a bigger story going on than what I can see and that I have a father and he sees me. And I would say he delights in you. That's what it says, Psalm 18, 19. Zephaniah 3, we read he, he sings over his people. <laughs> he rejoices over them with singing. So he delights in, he sees me. I mean, he, 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 Psalm 139 says, he knows you. Like, I mean, he's seen you since 
since before you were born, he has seen you. So that goes deep into my mind and my heart and my conviction than my perpetual drive to be praised, seen, rewarded by others depletes, dilutes, because my desire is so high to be rewarded by my father. And he sees more than people will ever see. And his reward lasts for eternity. And his reward is supernatural. And a praise from man is fleeting and gone in a second. And Jesus says, you've received your reward in full. If that's your motive, hey, see me, notice me, love me, like me, come on and I'll do this, this attempt of spirituality to actually be seen by people. By the way, this is the scariest verse in the world for people that do ministry on stage, just so you know. Like this, I'm telling you, this is freaking me out. Like I read this this week, I was like, oh God, please help. I'm serious. I made some changes. I sent off some emails. Hey, I gotta change some things because this, this is real. This is like, whoo. I mean, this, <laughs> this cuts deep. And I want us to come out of this season of prayer and fasting and have this vision of I've got a secret life in God that maybe these ideas that Jesus speaks about actually set something into motion that I don't tell anybody about. Like that's just between God and me. And, and, and maybe you do, but, 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 the, but, but the, 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 the trick is, is the motive. What's the motive? It's at the root. Is the, do I, I want I to be seen and rewarded by God. So these things that I do are not to be seen by people and only you and God know where you're at. And Jesus is just cutting right to the bone. He's just making it so clear. But, but I'm encouraged by the fact that when I look at Jesus' life, he always wants to be with his father. Like he, he, he's, always, he's always talking about his father in a way that's like, I, I'm with him. Uh, if you've seen me, you've seen the father and, I, and the father and I are one. Don't you see him, Phil? That's kind of John 14. It's, oh, we're together. And he's always wanting to be with his father. He's always talking about his father. He's, even when we read him praying in John 17, he's like, oh, father, I, hey, I'm, 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 I've accomplished the work that you wanted me to do. And, and it's for your glory. And so it's this vertical idea, this I'm, I'm with you, Father. And so, hey, just the glory that I had before the foundation of the world, I wanna be with you. I mean, it's, 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 this is about you. I'm doing this for you. I'm, this is, I'm with you. And, and it's this real relationship with the Father that's, that's at its roots. It's at its core. He likes being with him. I was even reading just, you can read right through Luke and you can see all these moments where he's getting alone with his father. Let's look at some of them. Luke 4:42. at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. Luke 5, 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Luke 6, 12, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Luke 9, 18, once when Jesus was praying in private, there it is again, Luke 11, one, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, you could just read the gospels and you could see that there was a part of Jesus that he's, John 17, he's getting alone with the father, that high priestly prayer right before he goes to the cross, 26 verses, which is him alone with the father. We read about him in the garden of Gethsemane, praying to his father. It's part of his rhythm, his motive. He's, it's about 
me and my father. And I'm saying all that to say, what happens when we come out of 21 days of prayer and fasting with, it's about me and my father. And, and it's about my reward is not applause from people. My reward is not to be seen by people, but I actually am motivated with this idea that my father sees me. And Zephaniah 3, he sings over me. And Psalm 18, 19, he delights in me. And he rescued me because he delights in me. Psalm 139, I mean, he's seen me since before I was born. And he's had good thoughts towards me. He's got lots of thoughts that are good about me. And if all those things be true, then I've got this agenda, a vision. I want to have a life of secret seeking or hidden seeking or private seeking. Uh, this, this, where my motive is, it's not an applause. It's not a spiritual trophy. It's not an award from a church. It's, it's, it's just to be seen by God. Like when I was a kid, I had, we had this thing on Wednesday nights at church where you fulfill certain things and you get a badge and you had this shawl thing right here. And I know this is embarrassing, <laughs> but I had this vision, baby. And this vision was, I was gonna get every patch. It was like Christian Cub Scouts. Um, and I was, you know what my motive was? Because I'm wearing this shawl. I want everybody to see the colors. What's up? I can cook for Jesus. I can camp for Jesus. I can <laughs> underwater basket weave for Jesus. I can do all these things for Jesus, Christian version of to be seen by other third graders. What's up? <laughs> right? Hey, <laughs> it's, it's easy to live at 42, just like it was at 12. It's easy to just be like, man, it's just same game, just different play. And so Jesus here, he's saying right at the core, get this vision of a good, good father. That's a good sermon title. Make that up. Good, good father. Never heard that before. You have this good, <laughs> you have this good, you have this good father, he rejoices, he delights. With Jesus the son, he actually leans over the balcony of heaven and audibly declares, this is my boy whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. And when you've got a father like that, then it's like, I don't want your stupid award. I don't want your little badge, patch. We got, there were patches. I don't want, no, I mean, because I want, I just... I, I got enough. My father, my father's enough. I'm, I'm not doing this for you. I'm not doing this for the shawl or the badge. I'm, I'm, I'm in this for you. When I was a kid, uh, my dad, before he was a pastor, was a high school math teacher and basketball coach. And so uh, when I would play basketball, don't laugh. When I would play basketball, uh, my dad uh, and mom had very different responses in the bleachers. My mom was a screamer. She's a seven on the Enneagram. So she's just like, whoa, David, David. You know, I'm like, mom, I don't even have the ball right now. You know, like. <laughs> I'm all playing basketball. She's like, did he score a touchdown? <laughs> Wrong game, baby. Uh, and my dad had the opposite. My dad was quiet. He was a former coach. He knew the game really well. 
my dad, when he talks, he just, he puts his tongue on his little head. Real quiet, never said, never, nothing out loud ever. Watch, watch the game. I'd look over and he's just. I'm like, you know, trying to work up a sweat just to impress, you know, he's just. Then every once in a while, I'd get this. Like this mild Mr. Miyagi nod. But when I'm playing ball and all the other guys on the team are like, yeah, you know, third grade, yeah, you know, real high voices, good job, David. Doesn't mean much. I honestly thought my dad was 10 times smarter than most of my coaches. So they would say, that was bad or that was good. Whatever. People in the crowd, most of them, you know, most talking, third grade basketball, they mostly don't care. They're mostly talking to each other. But man, you you get the nod from dad. It was like, What's up, baby? <laughs> I'm rocking and rolling today, right? Why? He knows the game. He's smarter than my coach anyway. He's worked with me in secret. He's going to know me a lot longer than anybody else. He cares more about me than anybody else. You want to know what I care about? I don't care about anybody else in this court, but I care about that nod. Here's what I want to invite you to. Man, the season of seeking. You just want that nod. And there'll be people that, hey, hey, or give you a negative opinion. Or, well, I don't know if we got to fast, or I don't know if we got to pray, or I don't know if you got to give. Maybe you only get, just, whew, just get alone with your father yeah. in secret. Father, I'm in this for you. I just want that. I just, if I got, if I got your nod, if I got, I got, I got everything. And that's what we see embodied in Jesus. He's just, even before he goes to the cross, he's just talking to his father. He's with his father. He, he's, he's sneaking off to be with his father. Your father who sees what is done in secret. He sees and he rewards. It's all in how you see him. What does he look like? If you, if you see a God and he sees you and he's got the nod and the smile and the delight and the rejoicing and the singing, man, you'll go, yeah, he is a rewarder because he's a good, good father. And he rewards, yeah, he rewards. Really? Yeah, those who earnestly seek him, come before him and imagine our church has this right view of, a, of the Father. And we don't go into 21 days of prayer and fasting to try to prove to God that we like him. We don't do 21 days to look pious. No, but we've got this vision that he's a rewarder for those who seek him. So we're like, God, we want your rewards more than anything. We want you. So, so we're even as a church going into this these season of seeking. A.W. Tozer said, there will be no manifestation of God to his people apart from earnest seeking. God, we're giving you these days. Some of you come out of these days with a tender heart towards God like you, had, like you haven't had in years. Some of you come out of these days and you've spent 21 days in a prayer journal and there's just this alone time with God that's vital. Some of you came to the prayer meeting on Wednesday nights for the first time and you experienced what it's like to gather with the saints and contend in prayer and believe God for miracles and God to be at work in our city and lost people to give their lives to Jesus and be a part of what he's doing on the planet and it connected in a way that's different. I got some news for you. Guess what? 
any of the on-ramps of what God did in 21 days of prayer and fasting, like little revelation on the scripture, enjoying corporate prayer, getting alone with God in secret and marking up your journal. Here's the reality. You can keep going. You don't have to stop just because yesterday was the last day of 21 days of prayer and fasting. You can be like, you know what? On my own, I think, I think you can buy journals at Walmart. Sure. Yeah, I got an amen on the front row. I, I'm not sure, but I think there's other devotionals that exist on Amazon. You can find a lot there. I think... I'm not sure, but even if the pastor doesn't invite us to a fast as a church, I think I could call myself to a fast, just do one on my own. Yeah, I think, I mean, I know that 21 days is over, but I think I might've gotten a little addicted to spending time alone with God. I think I kind of like that. I think I've been given the invitation of a lifetime to get along with my father. I kind of like gathering with the saints and praying. Maybe I'll, just do, maybe I'll start myself a little prayer small group. I think this prayer thing is an on-ramp to encountering supernatural things. Uh-huh. Here's what's going on. He's a rewarder. Your heart's kind of getting tender and you're just kind of starting to see a few more miracles and people that pray tend to experience more coincidences and you're just kind of like, huh, God at work. I want God's supernatural activity. And maybe in secret, it's things that you've never done and that you don't tell anybody. Like you don't have to tell anybody that you just decided to, when you're power lifting, instead of like listening to like 80s hard rock, you just like put in some worship in your earbuds. Nobody knows. But I would say, it's this hidden devotion. It's just you and me, God. Hey, I'm gonna, I, I think I could, I could do a little bit less news websites and just fill up my heart with the word of God. I could, I could have the first app of the day. You know, like, you know, 50 years ago, it was like Bible before newspaper. Now it's like first app. What's the first app you'll open? What if my first app was not email, text, social media, news outlet? What if my first app, just between me and God, is I'm just gonna get the word of God in here. I'm gonna open with his word. It is my daily bread. It is my food. It nourished me in the fast. It can nourish me in February. Ah, you mean God still speaks in February? Yeah, yeah. I'm just, and you don't have to tell anybody. It's just, it's just your own little hidden, unseen pursuit of God. Because it's just me and him. And he, the father is a rewarder. Listen, you know, when we look at Jesus, we see what the father is like, right? And when you look at Jesus' life, like you just read through the gospels and Jesus is constantly rewarding, seeking right? I mean, like the, like when, when Jairus comes and he falls down on his knees and says, please, Jesus, my daughter is sick. It's a form of seeking. I I need, I, and you know what Jesus does? He stops and he goes with him. Luke 8, 
or while he's on his way, the woman with the issue of blood, she reaches out, she'd been bleeding for 12 years. And when she reaches out and stretches out her hand, it's a form of seeking. I I just, if I just touch the hem of his garment. I mean, Jairus, oh, Jesus, please come. This is where we need to be, oh, on our knees. Not, yeah, yeah, casual life. My, my life's pretty good. I'll do a little, a little Jesus on the side. No, 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 no. Jesus, I need you. I... Reach out the hem of the garment. Or a little bit later in Luke, blind Bartimaeus yelling, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. All forms. Pleading on his knees. Reaching out and grabbing. Touch the hem of his garment. Bartimaeus yelling, Jesus, son of David. And Jairus, I'll go with you. I'll go to your house. Stretch out your hand. Who touched me? Miracle. Bartimaeus, Jesus stopped. Call him. Got his attention. Healed. Here's my point. All of those are stories of desperate people. And they were seeking. I need you. There's something in the heart of the father that rewards the seeker. The seeker's reward is available to us. The question is, will you see a God that you see as amazing and wonderful like a father? And you go, I just, I'm going to seek him. I want that nod. I want that smile. And I love this last part. I just, the last phrase is that phrase where it says, your father who is unseen. I just want to highlight that because he is unseen. It is the mystery of faith. It is what these 80, 90 years you have on planet earth is about. I got this little season to walk by faith. That's actually what it says in Hebrews 11. It says, must believe that he exists. They walked by faith. They must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And when you believe that, I'm going to give much of my giving, my time, my fasting, my prayer, because I have an unseen father that rewards, but you get that deep in your heart. It changes the way you live. I'll just close with this. I went to Nepal with Everyone for Christ. And we went and we visited a man named Pastor David. I loved his name. And he, uh, he took us where we went and just told people just house to house. And really it was more like hut to hut or kind of like dwelling to dwell. I mean, it was not, when we think house to house, I mean, this is nice. I mean, this was up in the mountains of Nepal. And so I just remember like getting there and going up, spending all day just telling people the gospel all the way up the mountain, all the way down. And went to his office. And in his office, he's got mapped out Kathmandu and just the different villages around Kathmandu. And I looked at his warehouse and he's got just all these boxes full of gospel messages, just these small little messages to tell people about Jesus. And it was just interesting to me because there was this picture of him with Dick Eastman, the president of Every Home for Christ, 
who's gonna be here February 10th. I'm so excited. But the unique thing about the picture of him with Dick Eastman was that in the picture, David looked a lot younger. And I was just thinking about how many years this man who's not on a podcast, nobody knows him, hasn't written a book, has no social media presence. He's not wealthy. He's not won an award in a business. He doesn't have a comfortable home, but his family works together to take the gospel house to house. And he's rearranged his life like his house is in a strategic spot to accomplish the mission. So how he lives, how he raises his family is just to give of his life to help people come to know Jesus. And it's pretty obscure. Nobody knows. It's just him. And I was meditating on that and thinking, that's a big reward one day. And I just think that we live in a culture of so much applause, so much being seen. I just want to invite us as a church. What's the, what's the hidden unseen way, journey, plan, the secret seeking God's inviting you to. We just did one together as a church. But as we go into 2019, what's it look like for you? Nobody else needs to know. I mean, it's all about motive. So at the end of the day, I understand. I'm not saying you can't tell somebody. I'm just trying to beat that drum of like, what's it look like for you to try to take Jesus right at his words and say, I don't need to be championed by any person, just my father but I want the rewards of my father. Just bow your heads right now, wherever you're at. Will you just take 30 seconds and ask God, what's that look like for me, God? What's my 2019 journey look like coming out of 21 days of prayer and fasting? Father, we love you. We seek not the rewards of the planet. We seek the rewards of the Father. And we love being your kids. We love the way you delight in us and see us. And I pray for every mom that feels unseen. Let her know how much you delight in her. Pray for every father that feels like he's working so hard, so unseen. Let him know you see him. Pray for every young adult feels lost. Pray for every teenager, every child. unseen father 
sees us, rewards us. We don't care about the screens or the applause, the clapping. deep into us as a core value as a church that we might be a light that we might live in a different track than the world that seeks applause if you're here today and this is softening up your heart and you go I want to follow Jesus I want to have a father I want to I've been living for me I want to I want to respond to a father that loves me sees me For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, that whosoever, that means you, whoever, if you would believe, if you would call upon his name, if you would turn from your old way and say, I don't want to go my way. I I don't want to be the Lord of my own life. If you would believe, you will not perish spend eternity with God. You can can be in right standing with God today. You can walk as a son or a daughter of God today. It's about that relationship with Him. And I want to give you the opportunity just to begin. God sent His Son, Jesus. And Jesus died on a cross. He paid a debt that you could you could never pay so that you could walk with him. So if you want to begin that journey with Jesus today, I just want to invite you to pray this prayer. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Save me. I turn from my way and I want to go yours. Change me. Give me new life in Christ. Forgive me. Heal me. That I might be with you forever. I give you my life. In Jesus' name.